The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. How long do you plan to be in town? Oh, I'll be out of your hair as soon as I track down the scrolls that are infiltrating your planet. You struggle with your emotions, with your past, which fuels them. About to show these boys how we do it. You ready? Higher, further, faster, baby. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Tobin Addington. And I'm Aislinn Addington. And today we're talking about 2019, that's right folks, still in the theater, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Do you now are you a Marvel Cinematic Universe com, universe completist? What's your well, what's your great, status? That's, that's a great question because the answer to that is easy. No. <laughs> I am several Marvel Cinematic universes behind. Ah, and to be honest, and and you know how I will respond to each and every comment on Twitter. Yes. When when folks pitched to me what we're heading toward right now, which uh-huh. is that all the different pieces are going to come together, and you get to see this person and that person and all the things together at one, <laughs> that did not super appeal to me. Um, uh-huh. I, I think my ability to compartmentalize is really key to my life. And so I prefer my guardians in their galaxy. I prefer mm. my, you know, Avengers in their moment. And I don't know uh-huh. where I prefer Ant-Man uh, back in Clueless, <laughs> I think. So, <laughs> yes. so I can certainly point to experiences with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I have really enjoyed. I think that first Iron Man was really fun when it happened. Uh-huh. Yep. I thoroughly enjoyed the first Avengers when, cause I love a band of misfits and right, that you do. Yeah. How it was um, pitched to me. And I, at that time had a, a, you know, significant long-term affection for Joss Whedon, uh, we're just not going to get into today. No, 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 no. Don't have to. And and then you pointed out to me that Winter Soldier is an excellent film. Mm. Kind of it, it, a little bit independent of the superness. Yeah, right. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I am behind. Um, I am behind, period. How about you, Tobin? Are you all up to date? I am up to date, although I am weary. Yeah. <laughs> there are just so many of them and they, and they come out so often. And I, I have found that as, especially as the main, you know, as these, as Infinity War came out, especially I had a, I like, and even you and I saw Civil War in the theater together and I fell yeah. asleep in the middle of it for a little bit. <laughs> like it was literally weary. Um, I, I've, I find, I, I find that I need more space in between the watching the movies. That's just be- my, my watching experience is better if I have ex- extra time in between mm-hmm. <laughs> watching them. Otherwise it's just, it's just too much. However, I recently, so my uh, seven year old son has seen 
in the theater, I took him to Spider-Man Homecoming. That was his first Marvel like live action seeing it in the movie theater movie. And then I took him to Captain Marvel. And and at that point I realized, okay, like he he's he's probably old enough to see a few of these others. So mm-hmm. I've recently embarked on a sort of curated, uh, <laughs> carefully curated uh, trip through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like uh, trying to be as age as sort of not age appropriate, but appropriate for his um, sort of level as I can be. So we've watched um, the first Captain America movie and the first Thor movie and then Avengers. And to watch Avengers, which is a movie that I remember liking, but I sort of have have kind of forgotten it, to watch the original Avengers movie with a seven-year-old who's never seen live-action Hulk swoop through and like smash <laughs> something or save something. Like my son lifted off the couch. Like yeah. he was just levitating. He was in, in, and, and I think has so much to do with how beautifully constructed that movie is. I think it's a, like it sets the, the, the template for everything moving forward. And so I'm sort of be- becoming re-energized by the, by the Marvel cinematic universe through watching some of the movies with my son. But otherwise I come to these movies kind of reluctantly, like it feels a little bit more like obligation than it does excitement. Hmm. Interesting. And I don't, I guess I don't share the quite as strong of an obligation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. But um, I'm, yeah, I guess I didn't realize how far behind I was till I noticed the ones that are now on Netflix. Oh yeah. Okay. I haven't seen like, yeah. oh gosh, I haven't. That's, that's been a minute. Um, yeah. But I mean, I have enjoyed, I think I also just wanted to, uh, to acknowledge that I very much enjoyed Black Panther as well. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And that that's, that is the first one until this one that the soundtrack. So, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh was, was so much fun to me. And so that was a, a Spotify mix for a while was Black Panther. And then of course this, because anyone who knows me knows how much, I love the '90s. The only thing you like more than abandoned misfits is the '90s. Oh my goodness! So, so how did you? So then, for this movie, did you? Were you um, excited for it? Were you? Were you interested beyond us doing a podcast about it? Like, where where did this one fit, just as a movie, in your sort of excitement? Well, I had no idea who Captain Marvel was. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and then I heard. The announcement, I think probably Huffington Post style announcement that Brie Larson, who I have been a fan of for a long time. Yeah. I'm a United States of Terra fan. Um, I, uh, yeah, that's kind of the first, the first thing I really saw her and then, and then tried to follow her in other things, the, you know, short term 12. Yeah. There you um, go. Room, the various, various things people um, know her from. So I, I more was excited about her then just the, the phrase Captain Marvel meant nothing mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, okay, great. Okay. And then you could sort of see in, in the news and by the news, I mean, entertainment news um, updates of, mm-hmm. of her posting workouts or her, you know, posting a bit of a costume or, you know, I, I, I could tell there was excitement for it. Um, I just didn't know enough. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. be excited like <laughs> fully um and then i w- w- then when i saw the trailer then i was then i was on board and so um i was glad that we decided to do it so i had a push to go to it in the theater and um and get and and enjoy it as i did how about you 
I was I had a very similar experience in terms of being aware, you know, just aware of it. And it, since I have seen all the other ones, I mean, I was, you know, I was excited for, you know, a female led Marvel movie. I'm, that's that is a thing I'm I was interested in, especially since I loved Wonder Woman so much. Um, uh, and I was, you know, I'm always sort of hoping for that high again, basically in every movie I go to. Um, and, and, but the, most importantly, I think again, with my son, I, I was excited that there was it, based on the reviews and the sense I got from the trailers, it felt like a movie that would be cause infinity war is, is a pretty dark movie. Mm-hmm. And, Civil War is pretty kind of convoluted and, you know, might have to do a lot of explaining. And and this felt like something that would be pitched more at his level. Mm-hmm. And so I was sort of excited to to for him to experience that with me. And so I took him with me when I went to go see the movie. And uh, yeah, that's the so I was I was sort of as excited for a Marvel movie as I can be <laughs> to go see this movie. <laughs> Excellent. Um now that you've primed us for the excitement that we should all have watching this movie, what is uh, what are a couple of bits? What are two bits of film history for this current movie? The first one is a product of how these Marvel movies are made. So the two original screenwriters of this movie are uh, Nicole Perlman and Meg Lafove, I'm going to guess is how we pronounce that. Meg, I hope we're getting your name right. Um, and they were hired to write the script out of, as I understand it, kind of a kind of kind of like a writer's room for these movies. Like I get a bunch of writers together and they're all kind of pitching their takes on the characters. What would you do? Which which you know, sort of storyline might you tell? And then they sort of choose who's going to write the movie out of that. I'm simplifying the process a lot, but that's basically how, how it kind of goes. Nicole Perlman wrote the original Guardians of the Galaxy script um, that James Gunn re- revised for the movie. Um, so they wrote, they, they were hired to write this movie and then they kept having to wait to write the script for like a year and a half because they kept, Marvel kept changing where they when they were going to have this movie come out, right? So this mm. this is a movie that is built to be part of a much larger machine, like a much larger story. And so th- there were originally she was going to show up in other, like in Civil War or, or other Avengerish movies, and then they kept sort of revising where where she was going to show up and how and why. And which, as you think about it, as like a screenwriter, you're then waiting to figure out how your movie you have to keep retrofitting your movie to right. fit into they're this larger to thing figure out which premise they're gonna let you right right yeah. which is just wild it's kind of a wild be frustrating so I, think. If, if, I guess it feels more like tv right like you've got mm-hmm. an idea for an episode and you have to kind of wait and see when they're gonna drop it mm-hmm. the other bit of film history is that this movie this is sort of um, history of the movie after it's come out. This is the first movie with a woman director. She, there's, it's a co-director, but a woman director to make more than a billion dollars. Wow. A, li- a live action. It's just a live action film because um, uh, Frozen was the first movie of sure. any kind directed, co-directed by a woman to make uh, over a billion dollars. But for live action movies, this is it. We are, we are talking about it today. Mm-hmm. History right here on the podcast, folks. That's right. So, uh, Aizen, who are the ladies who made this history? Can you take us through the ladies in charge, women involved in major roles in Captain Marvel? Happy to attempt the names. First, uh, we have a... I'm going to start again. Yep. First, in the writer's category, we have Anna Bowden, Geneva Robertson Dwarit, Nicole Perlman, and Meg Lafave. Co-director, Anna Bowden. 
actors Brie Larson, Annette Benning, Lashana Lynch, and producers Victoria Alonso, Mary Levanos, and Patricia Witcher. Lots of ladies in charge. Lots I like Lots of ladies. Does it show, right? That's one of our questions. That is one of the questions. Yeah. Okay. Tobin, (laughs) (laughs) keeping in mind that this, like you say, is is a piece of a much larger franchise puzzle, uh, could you help us with just something of a summary? Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of wing this a little bit because the ones I found online don't fit and I haven't had time to write one. So I'm just going to in broad strokes wing it. This is the story of a woman who is a, a who is an alien. She's part of an alien. She's fighting like an alien war. And um, she discovers in the course of sort of this mission ends up taking her to earth in the 1990s where she teams up with a young Samuel L. Jackson uh, to sort of track down this thing and solve this mystery. And in in doing so uncovers uh, her true identity, which was that she began life as a a human named Carol Danvers. She was a air, like a air pilot, like air force pilot, like a fancy, like, you know, experimental jet, pilot um who was like turned into this like hybrid alien like warrior thing and so the movie then ends up being uh, rather than being just her sort of tracking down the the person of the stuff she's trying to sort of uncover ends up uncovering her true identity who she is and who she's sort of always been and in in doing so like uh there's all kinds of reversals of who are the bad guys and who are the good guys and she finally gets that all figured out and then like goes on this like beautiful warrior thing at the end and you know <laughs> shows off her powers great yeah i, I, <laughs> I mean you know broad strokes here yes so so yeah that's it's it, and for folks depending on how you edit that tobin it is really fun to watch it is hard <laughs> to explain yes yes right <laughs> um because of the back and the forth and the in the time travel and the disguises there are shapeshifters in this movie which is one of my least favorite tropes oh is it interesting yeah it just is so frustrating i think this one i i I liked or i appreciated the rules that they set up pretty early on that i felt like they stuck to Mm -hmm. um that's not always what you get with a a shapeshifter character but so you know i was appreciative that i felt like i as the audience could also have the kind of the same code to mm-hmm. understand if they were um, if they were truly the identity they were claiming to be. Um, right, but, right. But yeah, so there's just kind of a lot. And then in all the 90s stuff, then you get a lot of cutesy, but it's 90s cutesy, so I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you our mother's reaction to this movie? <laughs> Please. I don't know what it is. So I got a text, not out of the blue. We were texting about other things, but I hadn't mentioned, like I we hadn't been talking about this movie, but she texted um, uh, uh, me and to say, I listened to your Lost in Translation podcast and then went to see Captain Marvel at the theater. And then in parentheses, she said, a movie that could also be called Lost in Translation in my book. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. A- that's a great two sentence review uh, of of because it is like the 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 plot is convoluted like the yes. the the events the it doesn't feel well to me anyway it did not feel 
like overly complicated as I'm watching it. But as you try and summarize it, 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 I don't know. It's like a tongue twister. Sure. And I, I, I felt that that's, I think, parallel to uh, my experience with Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, sure. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I just want to say real quick, I feel like our dad gets more of the credit for being funny and he is funny, but like, He's funny. that's a yeah. good one, Mama. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty cleaver. <laughs> as we would say. Cleaver as in meat, cleaver as we as say. Cleaver as in meat. Yeah. Just really bringing in the fans um, who are not <laughs> yeah. familiar with us. So, there are like three people who just took a shot, actually. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Please, listeners, if you have come up with a drinking game, I want you to share it with me. I, I didn't know that was a life goal till just now, but it has become one. That and having a conference room named after me. So my life goals. I feel like a building, that's too much to ask. Conference room? Sure. In any case, uh, it starts off with a training montage. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, or a dream in a training montage, a dream into a training montage. So it's like confusing from the beginning. And right. there's Jude Law. There's Jude Law. Just hanging out. And I have to say, I don't think, no disrespect to him. I think he played the part well, but every time I see him, I assume he's going to end up being the bad guy. Oh, like, interesting. Interesting. He has that look about him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like I find him shifty. I don't shifty. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So I was I was skeptical on it. And especially the way in that first scene. And so this I was I did I was rolling my feminist eyes a little bit in in the way as a Cree warrior, because that is the species of species, alien. They are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um he kept sort of like trying trying to get her to dampen her emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that that's not how you're going to win and blah, blah, blah. And so I felt like, okay, they're really setting us up for she's going to tap yeah. into something and then defeat him. Right. I, fe- I was, I was found a little tropey of like, I don't know. Cause I think there's a reading of that. That's hysterical woman. Sure. hundred percent. Um, and I, and I, again, I, I, to fast forward more to the end, I was, I found the big climactic battles in this much more appealing than some of the other Marvel Cinematic Universe. So one hundred percent. I think I've never been, I've never been so compelled mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as I was in in this, and that's including Wonder Woman. To be honest, like oh, interesting, interesting. Okay, so we well, you mean in terms battles. of climactic battles? Yeah, yeah, I get you for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, but so I sort of, I just, I could, I don't know, I could feel his sleaze. From pretty early yeah. on, I think, but that might also be a Jude Law Ian thing. <laughs> well, I, the, one of the things I think is so uh, really smart about this movie is that if you watch that the opening 15, 20 minutes, it feels like it's sort of a by the books origin story. Uh, you know, this is the point where he where the mentor gives her the lesson that she's going to have to spend the whole movie learning and that she's finally going to learn it. And that's going to be the thing that allows her to, to do right. whatever she does. And what I think is really smart about this movie is it does that right at the place you expect it to. And it's doing it well with actors who are appealing and who have, who have presence and, and, but then actually the movie's not about that. The movie yeah. is about her finding her own way and, and deliberately not taking the lessons that, 
you know, and especially at the very, very end, like very pointedly not taking his lessons <laughs> and, and, and that being the, the, that, that being where she finds her power that I think is, I think is, it's a misdirect in a movie full of misdirection mm-hmm. that at the moment feels like, Oh, this is just the way these movies start when actually it's, it's leading us sort of a, like we're being led astray in a kind of smart way, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, so while it annoyed me at the beginning, I sort of then appreciated it when I circled back to it later. And, right. and with the many Mr. X, I have to say also, uh, I generally don't have my phone on in movies. But, Good for you. Thank you. But I got a, a text that led me to believe I needed a follow-up call. Uh-huh, so sure. I happened to, to leave. Um, and I've been in movies where you've done that as well, my friend. Um, of course, so I yeah, happened to of course. Yep, walk yep. out of the hallway to deal with the situation. It turns out I, I did need to answer that phone call. It all worked out. <laughs> I came back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and Josh leaned over and said, okay, the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Said, oh, great. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. No, I'm right. um, so... I sort of say that in part just to say that I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't start having fun really until we were on earth. Mm-hmm. Right. She, yeah. she's, um, there's a mission and she's taken prisoner and they're doing mind tricks on her, um, to try to find information. And they appear to be green aliens who are vaguely British. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, who are searching through her, her mind and, and we're in that we're, kind of having the experience she's having of not things being fuzzy and not being able to understand and why am I on earth and all this. And then she crash lands in a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And Which then that's great. where it's like the fish out of water having fun. Um, it's the kind of reverse galaxy quest. Yes. Yes. Food <laughs> <laughs> of thing. And we meet not only Samuel L. Jackson, but my good friend, Clark Gregg. Yes, we do. I have to say, one of my favorite things about the Marvel cinematic universe is what it has done for Clark Gregg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just feels good to me. that This has yeah, given him a, 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 not given him a career because he had a career and he's done a lot yeah, of other for things. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, like has bolstered his career in such a way that, and and that that I feel like the the fans of the universe have so embraced. Yes, right. Every man, kind of thing. It's really fun to go back and watch the those, uh, especially the Avengers, that original Avengers, but even Thor. Like to see him in these in the in in the early things. Like he is remarkably consistent you know <laughs> and 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 it's it's uh, you know and but i'm sure it's fun for him and samuel L. jackson to play you know younger versions of these characters that they played now for so long like right. playing for 15 years these characters but i i smile every time he he comes on screen for sure and just as your one of your catnips is um do we say that just know. as one of your favorite things are is um the band of misfits i love a fish out of water story so oh, okay. i am I am primed for '90s fish out of water, like Alien. I think this is like I'm on board. What could be better? We should talk briefly about Annette Benning because she shows up before this too, both in these sort of vague kind of memories. We don't know if they're memories or visions or whatever they are, and then also as the face of the like the AI, like what is it called, the Supreme Intelligence or something? What's so? So that was. 
interesting. I don't like that word, but it just was. Um, (laughs) As much as I've just said the, the, the lead pace of it all, the Cree story that we, that I was first became aware of with guardian of the galaxy, guardian of the galaxy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't know where to put the S there. Guardian (laughs) of the galaxy. I just, I'm not really on board. I just don't understand their deal. And someone is welcome to explain it to me. It just has not resonated with me. So I haven't dug into it. Yeah. Yeah. But so with, so this is the first time I was like, Oh, interesting. I kind of want to know more. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, if you are, if you are Cree, um, then kind of as part of there, it felt sort of religious. Is that the right yeah. word? Yeah. Yeah. Their faith structure or their, yeah. Yeah, but that each individual person would see it sounded like a being or at least something that they recognized as not an authority, but as a perhaps an authority or a kindred spirit or something that they ultimately trusted. Right. Source of wisdom, trusted source of wisdom kind of thing. Yeah. So our main character, Captain Marvel. Um, Vers, as they call her, at the beginning, right, right, sees a he, human-looking woman or Cree woman that she doesn't she doesn't know why that's what she sees. But then there's right. the whole thing of it felt kind of mantra-ish to me, like you're not supposed to tell someone who you see, mm-hmm. right? That right. That's private, but it's understood that everyone sees something different. I guess maybe that's where I I, got, I t- took it to a more religious place, but a a um certainly kind of a personal connection to the universe kind of. Right. Um, so yeah, so we see her there, but, but she's just appearing as a, a channeling, whatever the universal power is question mark. The Like the Cree power, like yeah. the, yeah. Like their source of, yeah. Control over their people or their creatures or their, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fully understand the whole Cree thing. I agree with you. I don't, I don't and, and, I, and I don't know that it really, at least I'm hoping it doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> the, like to understand all the ins and outs of how all this works, but I love an Annette Benning. Again, this I is, knew you know, you would, and I saw this, that. I knew you would, but here's what I think it's, it, it works. It's, I think she was a good fit for both of the characters she played. Yes. Yes. But it also then felt like, oh, oh, yeah, this is the thing we're doing now. Right. right? Because isn't it Glenn Close's and Guardians? And it's different, but it was reminiscent to me of the three ladies in Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. you have Oprah as the, um, you know, kind of ultimate knowledge and understanding. And so it was a – but it's not – I don't – I guess I don't mean that in a, in a bad way per se because right. I love – kind of honoring powerful women. So yeah, yeah. this is what we're going to do now. Great. Let's do it. But it, it was, I don't know. I almost felt like without knowing what the story was, I could have said, okay, then we'll have an Annette Benning type. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. This right. Supreme wisdom. I did prefer her in her human form. The, when she's playing Dr. Wendy Lawson, like I, cause she I like that bitch in leather jacket. That leather jacket is great. <laughs> that leather jacket is great. And she and she is a um I, I liked all the earth stuff better, so maybe that's yeah, part of why. Um, but I thought it was uh I don't know, and it, and it is true, a little bit like, okay, this is the f- first female-led Marvel superhero, so we have to have oh also a woman in charge. And so, like it, you know, like it had it had a little bit of that feel to it yeah. too. But because it's Annette Benning and she's 
you know, like she, she doesn't do false. She doesn't play false. So I'm, I'm, I'm with her, but let's get back to, um, your, we're back to what you were saying about, um, arriving in a blockbuster video. And now we are in nineties, uh, uh, like earth. Now we're in nineties earth. And, and with these characters that we have seen so many times in, you know, kind of what I thought was modern day. Right. So right. Wh- how was that for you? How was the, I mean, I all due respect. Is it is it CGI? Is it just makeup? How how is Samuel L. Jackson in the mid nineties? Yeah, it's digit. It's CGI. It's digital uh, making. It's the same. I, I guess I don't know if it's the same. Having just rewatched the first um, Captain America movie with my son, mm-hmm. where they made in many, many of the shots, it's Chris Evans that they've just shrunk him. They've right. they've shriveled him. I'm to make him having flashbacks of that. Yeah. It's a, gr- it's a great movie to yeah. watch again. It is a, it's a, it's a, maybe not great, but it's a very good movie and it's a very yeah. satisfying movie to, to see again, especially since, um, as it came out, it felt like punching knots, like him punching Hitler and fighting Nazis felt like a kind of, Oh, whimsical throwback thing. And there's right. something even more deeply satisfying to see that happen, <laughs> to see that happen today. Sadly, uh, that has to be that case, but, um, it, I find, I found it very satisfying. Okay. I'll give it a try. I think I fell asleep when I watched it last. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I like it. I like it a lot. It's no winter soldier, but it's, I think it's, I think it's very good. Um, but I, but I, uh, yeah, so this is a, this is a technique that can sometimes hit that uncanny Valley thing, right? Where we're, it's so close to being perfectly human that, that it gets a little eerie. And there were times for me that Samuel Jackson was a little, Oh, I'm just, kind of like eyebrows aren't moving quite the right way with the <laughs> smile and the, like, it looks a little weird, but in general, I, I really, I just sort of bought it. I sort of, yeah. I, I went with it. How did you find it? Did you find it off putting at all? At the very beginning I, I did, but also I'm so behind in Marvel movies that they would, that part was kind of okay. I think Clark Gregg was a little bit more unsettling for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then what I loved, and I, and it, you know, he was doing his job at the beginning. They were both doing their jobs, and and there's been this disturbance, and and I wasn't entirely clear on how much of the super special stuff he had was already aware of or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know, it's it's that kind of by the book and and whatever. But and so I don't expect him to fully believe her at first. But then once he's in the car, um, or he at least here's what it is. He didn't believe her, but he listened to her enough that Mm. then when he was in the car with his partner, he was able to tell, not quite fast enough, but um, fast (laughs) enough to survive, that his partner was exhibiting the behaviors that she had warned about the shapeshifters doing. Right, right. And then from then on, he trusted her and he he was on her team. Um, he did call the backup at one point, but I, I didn't really, I wasn't upset with him for that. That made sense to me in the moment. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Yeah. He was using yeah. his resources to, to do what, you know, kind of what he thought was best. But so I guess I really appreciated that, that, um, and this is totally a separate issue, but, um, in, in other podcasts that I listened to, there's a little bit of true crime, not a lot because I'm squeamish, but mm-hmm. like there's, there's some things that I was, I had listened to recently, the retelling of a case about 
um, police misconduct and how the way they were getting away with it was that they were um, abusing what they call frequent flyers that um, in this case were, were women that were um, brought in on low level charges uh, a lot and yeah. people, didn't, people weren't believing them. And so uh-huh, they were reporting uh-huh. things and then they would be attributed to drug use or trying to get uh-huh. out of being in trouble or these things. And like, and that's not, not just police, but in any sort of power differential, that's a tactic that abusers will use to, to continue to abuse. And so that flashed for me here of like, he easily could have dismissed her as mm-hmm. you know crazy or dismissed her as intoxicated or whatever. But he mm-hmm. was, he listened enough that then they were both able to move forward and together. So that I really liked. Sorry, that was a long way to say no. I like that. <laughs> this is this is you know what's what's so cool is that you're pinpointing for me why I like that so much. I I I didn't I don't know that I had the sort of vocabulary to to put it all together. But you're as you're saying that I'm like yes that's right that's exactly how I <laughs> felt about that and that I thought that worked. I thought that worked so well. I thought that worked so well. It worked. Yeah, I, I loved it. And there was something, what were the, wasn't there something kind of like cutesy, marvelly about where they went? They went to the, like the underground bunkery place. Right, right. But before that, they, they go and they get their, like, the the jacket and the, isn't that before that where she gets the jacket and the motorcycle? Or is that after that? I can't no, remember where she's. Okay, seriously. <laughs> I'm so sorry. As we figure out what happened. It's been longer for me since I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> um, they, they're separated. She runs and she, they're, oh, right. they're kind of, they're fighting with and chasing after two different of the shapeshifters. And there's the thing that was in the trailer, I believe one of the trailers where she's on an above ground subway mm-hmm. or she's on a train, whatever. And, and punches an old lady and it's because the old lady isn't an old lady. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. So she, <laughs> through clues, ends up at this bar where the, you know, Air Force kids hung out. Right. And then that's right. he ends up there too. And then they start to work together. That's right. That's and right. She, that's before. she stole the bike and the clothes from outside some stores. Like she. Right. She stole a bike, but, you know, I don't know. He was rude. Um and then they go because they're trying to find the the plane manufacturer. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, the secret the place where this, yeah, the, where the planes were. The planes were. Or the or the plans for the planes or mm-hmm. something. I, I, whatever the MacGuffin is at that the point. Cat, correct. Yes. The cat's in like the catacombs, if you will. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes, exactly, exactly. As they're in the in that facility, yeah. Right. So can I pause here one second? And I I think there's something we need to address is that the the one of the criticisms of this movie that uh, that I've heard from not just sort of from like critics online and certainly not from like trolls online, although I'm sure it's there, too. I just don't pay attention. I try not to sort of engage with that. But from people that I really trust or people who who people who who I whose opinions I really respect has to do with Brie Larson's performance. Okay, let's talk about it. So I'm I'm wondering what your reaction was to her as this particular Marvel superhero. Do I need to set that up more? No, I liked it, and oh. and I liked this better than like going through the movie because it's so convoluted. So yeah. feel free to clean up as much of the plot shit. That no, no, I think it's good that we. No, I think it's good, but it just just felt like like 
we now have been with her in the movie enough. Yeah. It's like, what's what's your take on how she's doing this? It's an interesting character because she doesn't, you know, let's compare it to Wonder Woman just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Wonder Woman also is in a number of fish out of water situations, Mm -hmm. but she, what is in, in the Wonder Woman movie, I have not seen the other Justice League's apologies. Neither have I. But she has, and I think what, part of what is so charming and aspirational about Wonder Woman is she has such a strong sense of self throughout. That's not what's shaken and that's not what she has to figure out. And, and this is very different because some, you know, someone has infiltrated her mind and uncovered things that she can't explain. Mm-hmm, and, it, mm-hmm. and it feels like, cause then we go back further to the very beginning where she's having these dreams and they wake her up and she's emotional about it because it's either some kind of broken self bits in there. Right. So I, be- I a hundred percent believe her as playing this character who, because her motivation and, and Samuel Jackson motivation are totally different. Mm-hmm. She's trying to figure out kind of where she belongs and why, Certain things are familiar to her and certain things aren't. And he's trying to figure out why there are aliens on the planet and <laughs> what we need to do to save people. I, I mean, that's that's my interpretation of it. And then, you know, by the end there, their goals align in, in such a way that they can get things done. But so I, I think she's a very different and this is a very different kind of piece of her story than maybe the Wonder Woman that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I liked her. I felt unsure in the moments that she was unsure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that that mm-hmm. worked for me. Um, I think it's an it's a difficult it's a, it's a difficult hero to play. I think, especially totally. when you put it in the Marvel pantheon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you have all these like cocky as fuck dudes. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, and which again, in their time, when they came about kind of one by one, had their own, their bravado had some charm, right? I, right. for a while, Iron Man shtick did it for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Him next to, and I love, I love, I love me some cap, but like also there's that. I mean, he's just so kind of rigid in his righteousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah that I don't, there's not, this is very, very different from kind of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I, I, to be fair, I don't know because I don't know the, uh, beyond the films, I don't know what, um, Olson. Oh, well, Scarlet Witch. Thank you. As yeah. much as can I just say very attracted to her in, whichever one she shows up in the first time. But, um, you know, the, both, both the, the Avengers, women Avengers that we have so far play such a different, I don't mm-hmm. know, kind mm-hmm. of level than the yeah. hands on your hips, superheroes that, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that it's kind of, I think it's a, it's a hard group to, 
have an identity in that is not just pure cocksure bravado. Right, right, right. And so while I would much rather hang out with her than maybe any of the others, I uh-huh. can see where it doesn't feel super. Yes, right. To critics, and I, um, apologies, I, I don't know a lot of what people are reacting to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and also, but also her thing, like, if they didn't want cool and by cool, I don't mean like sunglasses. Cool. I mean like uh, subtle and subdued. Mm-hmm. If they didn't want cool, sarcastic, figuring it out. They shouldn't, they yeah. wouldn't have hired her. Right. 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 What you, you, that was a long answer. I think she is so fucking good in this movie. <laughs> So it was easier for you to explain. Uh, no, you well, you've 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 hit three things. It's going to sound like I'm just repeating. I'm not going to repeat you, but I'm going to show where we intersect. Be, because I had the, the, so the 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 complaint lodged against her and lodged against the movie is that she is kind of a little bit kind of wet blanket in the movie, oh. like a little sub, a little subdued, as you said. And I think that I think it, the, it to me it was such an antidote to. And I had this I had the word bravado written down in my notes of that that um I I the, that's the um, mode, not just of the characters but of the movies. Yes, of all the other movies, is it's swagger. These yeah. movies are swaggery, and it ha- I think it has a lot to do with Robert Downey Jr. in those first Iron Man movies, setting kind of the template for who these characters will be. And then the Avengers, like they're all the 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 Joss Whedon is so so good at that at that dialogue, and they can they can be funny and sometimes self deprecating, but always with the swagger underneath it. I think it's one of the reasons that um, Mark Ruffalo works so well in those mm-hmm. movies is because he's not that. Like he's sort of he desperately doesn't want to turn into the the big powerful person, mm-hmm. whereas everybody else is sort of like they're they kind of revel in their power. And this is a character who is becoming. She is a character who is. It's not that she's. Like, I, I don't read her as having necessarily like a crisis of identity, although she is like trying to figure out who like who she's going to she feels, feels like who she, who's trying to figure out who she's going to be and part of that is unlocking who she was in the past and and i think that the, her um sarcastic her sarcasm and that sort of self-assured quality like she's she's cocky but not in the way that not with like like swagger cocky she's just like i can like i can do it yeah well, <laughs> you know? like i got this before all this happened because she wouldn't have been a you know testing experimental right things. right and, right. and I think that ha- we don't know a lot about how she and her best friend got there and right and how they were chosen and and who all was involved but no one was rooting for them right in the way that that they're in their little worlds, people are kind of rooting for. Uh, hmm. She never had a pepper pots. Right, right, right. She was right. She had to be scrappy to get get what she needed done. In, it, right. in the same way that she also didn't have an island of fellow warriors. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Her. She had. Right. She had to build a family. She has a chosen family. It was very small uh, because they were a, a, a limited num- limited number of, of people who could do what she was doing and opportunities for people mm-hmm. like her to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and and what I what I th- I think the movie tips its hand to all of this when the one time that she does do the hands on the hips superhero mm-hmm. stance is near the end of the movie as she's standing on the porch of the house with the little girl and yeah. trying to decide what colors of costume she it, she should wear and it holds on that once she stand like once she like decides the colors she then stands there like a shot holds for an extra long time Mm -hmm. where you kind of go, Oh, 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 I see. I see. This is like, I'm not standing this way athwart some, you know, villain or in the middle of some victory. It's like, I am, I am showing this young woman what's possible. And I'm just, and I'm, and I just, the, 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 um, the the movie is a little kind of like it comes at oblique angles at all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's not sort of laying anything out directly. It's sort of coming at it from the side, which is why I think there are all these reversals of who is like who can you trust? And and it all gets back to the thing you were saying about that she has always had to rely on herself mm-hmm. and her and a very small group of trusted, like her sort of most trusted sort of people, which then you know, she's that trust is misplaced when she is on, you know, in Jude law. But um, when she finds that family that she had, it unlocks that something in her. That's not like now I'm going to swagger. It's like, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to assume my power, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to sort of become this almost like magical, like really a magical being. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that the movie is so smart in, and she, I think her performance will hold up really well over time as people, I I think what's going to happen is people are going to watch the next Avengers movie that she will have a big part in. And then they'll say, Oh, and they'll go back and watch this one again in like three years and say, you know what? She was really building to something in this. And she was, and she was, you know, it's it's almost in these the filmmakers who made this Anna Bowden and Fleck Ryan Fleck or Ryan let's say Ryan Fleck the are um, a husband and wife team of directors who've made a bunch of indie movies and and then have done some great work on TV and like when I say indie movies I mean like really indie like they were they were sort of coming around uh, coming out with films when I was in film school in New York and were these sort of new indie New York directors and um, working extremely small budgets and to have sort of control over the, the thing that they were telling. And I found, I felt so much of that in this movie as much as you could fit probably in a Marvel movie that, and, and part of it had to do with how they were, how they were directing her. I'm, I'm going on. I, I thought she was great in this movie. And I think the people who, who, who don't, I, I'm, I wonder if they will feel differently and maybe not, maybe this is just my taste, but I think they might feel differently down the road, looking back at this movie. And so if, folks, you have found this podcast three years later and you've just come around, we welcome you. (laughs) Join us in appreciating this character, this portrayal, and this fandom. No, no hard feelings. You're welcome here. This is a safe space. Yes, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. Was I being too harsh? (laughs) I just wanted to set that tone um, for, for the future, for the next generation of fans. But no. I, um, I agree. I didn't know that about the directors. Um, but I think this is a, I mean, it's still a giant story. It still, it still spans galaxies and Mm. species and all that, but it is a, a more intimate origin, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you will, again, comparing to your uh, guardians, your wonder woman, your kind of other, even, yeah, I mean, Captain America, who starts like literally very small, then <laughs> punching <laughs> Nazis in the face. Like, it's just, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is, this is different. And I think this is 
um, but still has those those things of of valuing you know independence but also being part of a team and Mm -hmm. there's plenty of america in it and like it 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 checks the boxes but it it does it in a in a different way and and you use the word i can't think of right now all i can think of is is, um you know serpentine um where it's kind (laughs) of it's bobbing and weaving at you a little bit and i i can see how that's not what was expected um, but, but I, in the same way, the, like the dumb cat, like the cat could have been super stupid, super stupid. Yeah. And I think yeah. if they had done that, if they had done any tricks with the cats any more than they did, it would have been, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like it was set up enough that she has some sort of, conne- you know, it's not like, Oh, I have a connection with this cat, but like. She likes the cat. She appreciates the cat being there. Samuel L. Jackson's being cute with the cat as I would be if there suddenly was an animal in the middle of what was going on. And the yeah. other guy is like, stay away. That is an evil creature. Which then, again, depending <laughs> on, I mean, it's a cat, so like, that is true. But, that is, um, yeah. To be fair, that is accurate. To be fair, it's, it's just a cat. I assume all cats do that. Am I wrong? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was, it was just enough that they, they threw the gag in there and then they threw the gag in there again. And, and it was, it was good. Um, can we fast forward? So good guys are bad guys, bad, bad guys are good guys. Jude Law is terrible. Can we get to some of the bigger battles? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I've never said that before and I'll never say that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do have a complaint and a half. Okay. Related. So I haven't gone back and I'm, I'm not a troll. So I haven't um, really done all kinds of research. I, I appreciated every bit of nineties music. I don't know that it was all like in the right time. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that at all? You mean in terms of like the right time in the movie or the right time period to have, or like, which which way do you mean? I was when I hear the '90s music playing as the backdrop to what's going on, I sort of thought of it as like in her head. Oh, funny! If she's from that era, then that's her like hype music. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I haven't gone back to check and see if the year that they put her in, because then like she blips out and becomes right. Cree, she would have no other context. Right, right. For pop music. So like right. I, uh, some of it, I, w- I had questions <laughs> in it of like, oh, would this be right or not? And then I didn't care because it was just fun because I have loved Just a Girl by No Doubt since that time, <laughs> as you may recall. I, I do indeed. I that do album, indeed. Uh, I used so many bits of as my answering to me messages on the adding to the line. <laughs> God bless the 90s. But um. Okay, so I, it's not a complaint. It's just more of a question of kind of um, not yeah, consistency, pl- but I don't know. I yeah. don't care. I do, but I don't. In the moment, I cared, and now I don't care as much. Um, <laughs> it does, and especially with this character, here is my complaint. Okay. Put your damn hair up. <laughs> Every time. And I think as a professional pilot – why would you have your hair in your face mm. when you were trying to get shit done? 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this spans all, I mean, this is an issue I've had with many beloved characters. I have this issue with Buffy. Um, We talked about it on our She's the Man episode. Thank you. With with sports, with She's the Mm -hmm. Man. I think I've had it with Katniss Everdeen from time to time. Like, put your hair up. And so when her powers ignite Mm -hmm. and she gets the mohawk, the the magical mohawk, Uh I did love that. But for most of the movie, (laughs) she's, like, getting into fights with her hair in her face. And it just – and it's not – to me, it's not – I promise you, it's not – gendered it's not um she's a girl she should put her hair up it's anyone who's trying to fight with that amount of hair in their face wouldn't you just constantly be trying to get it you had long hair for a minute i'm imagining you tossing scrunchies at the screen in this this you know i haven't seen aquaman but i'm sure it's going to be the same thing as he's like trying to swim and fight or whatever underwater and all that long hair is like yourself underwater at least you've got that behind you well, may, unless you're swimming backward, like, you know, like you're not just always moving forward or, or even when he's on land. I'm, I'm again, I'm not seeing those movies, but I'm assuming that yeah. I would feel the same way that like, put your hair up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, that is my, I think. Just tactically, point. just tactically. Yes. It just, yeah. even you don't have anything, just, just grab it, just tie it in the knot. Just feel, I mean, <laughs> there are things you could do. She was on earth for long enough. Um, I think, uh, you know, her. Her, uh, you know, best friend or a kind of uh, niece, if you will, could have braided it. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, Samuel Jackson could have braided it. Anyone who was standing next to her could have helped her. Yeah, Clark Gregg, I'm sure would have Clark been great. Clark Gregg could have braided like, her hair. That's a scene I want to see. That's, that's a cut scene I want right to see. There. I love it. Um, <laughs> but in any case, I felt this way in the film and I've been waiting to not this i'm done setting up okay (laughs) but so when they're the pre-final battle when they're it it is the big battle but it's not the jude law one it's the one when they're in the spaceship still and she is giving her family time Mm -hmm. to get out right right and in the course of that like she was prepared to take that on i'm trying to remember tell me if i'm wrong even before she kind of realized her powers were growing and, that's and right. focusing. That's right. I think that's right. That, yeah. That to me is really compelling. And mm-hmm. then I have not had that much fun watching a fight scene. Mm-hmm. You know, I do not like the fight scenes. You do not. I don't no. like the sounds of fighting. I don't like watching it. It just, it's a bit of a snooze for me. It's just not what I'm interested in, but this sure. was more compelling than any, I can't pick a scene I can think of other than this that I've enjoyed, except, and I'm sorry to go back again to Buffy. There is that thing that happens when kind of all the identities are coming together and the bits you've seen separated all kind of focus in. And she, Mm -hmm. each time she's looking up, she's standing up, she's making fists. Mm -hmm. That is very similar to, um, a montage from the very end of Buffy. Oh, really? Which gets me very emotional. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, I got emotional in the theater. And my son looked over me and said, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> said, I'll, Look I'll, what's happening. I'll find know? this clip and I'll send it to you, Tobin, because there's, yeah, do. Yeah. there's a thing at the end of Buffy where any of us who could have been a Slayer get the power. So there's a whole thing of like, there's only one Slayer at a time. 
Yeah. And then yeah. spoilers all around. Um, so anyone who's currently watching Buffy with me, please turn this off. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's fast forward two minutes. Um, anyone who had the potential gets oh, the powers. Mm-hmm. So then you see young women from all over, from all. <gasps> I love that. Up. I love that. And it's so powerful. And so that was very reminiscent of that for me. And I, I'm not upset that it reminded me of it. What I, mm-hmm. what I loved was that it did remind me that I had had that feeling before. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Right. And so that, sure. and that really kind of added to my, how it hit me as she was kicking ass. But the, the combination of the, her identity, all her identity is really kind of all coalescing. Yes. Yes. The fun music. And then her, you know, she's saving her friends, but she's also seems to be having a really good time yes, figuring yes. out what she's capable of. Yes. Right. Kind of, right. Having fun figuring out what you're capable of was so enjoyable in a way that yeah. those same actions, that same fight otherwise wouldn't have been. That's so smart. I mean, you, I, that that makes me think that um, one of the things that was so cool about the original Tobey Maguire Spider Man was the or any of those kind of origin stories is them like discovering the limits of their power and like mm-hmm. what they can do now and all. Like, there's something very satisfying about that. But the issue with those is that you get that. 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the movie. And then they have to like, now they're going to go fight bad guys or whatever. And this is the whole movies leading up to this point. So she is at the very last moment as she's the thing I had down in my notes was that she's, she realized she's, she's been her all along. Like mm-hmm. she's not fine. You know, so, so it, it, the, uh, the way you said it so nice that she, the identities are coalescing, but she's, they've always been part of her. Like she's, you know, the test pilot's the same as the Cree warriors, same as the, you know, right. it's all her. It's just that now she understands where she came from and that, and that, um, that, 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 that moment happens. They say that for the end of this movie, instead of like a third of the way into the movie is, I think a really is part of what makes for me anyway, th- those last fights so satisfying. Yeah. I hadn't thought about the timeline that way, but, but you're right. And it's been so long since I fell asleep watching the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, <laughs> but I'm sure I fell asleep after that part. Um, that, that, yeah, that's a, another time, the bobbin and the weaving, right? They're, they're taking mm-hmm, right. the origin story and, and I think making us uncomfortable because it's not going in, in the order that we think it should go. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the, the very, very end fight with, with Jude Law, I was fine with, you know, I don't, I don't think it, it didn't knock my socks off, but it was kind of in line with what then based on the other thing, what I was expecting. I like that. It's so brief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that he had, he begins to try and do the thing he's doing at the beginning, yeah. which to psych her out and use, and she's just like, she's just done with she's it. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. She interrupts him. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, yeah. I don't even this, I don't need from you anymore. Yeah. And yeah. The, yes. That I really liked having any of us that have had to hear someone we are done talking to continue to talk. <laughs> <laughs> or like think that they're this is this is the moment when I'm really gonna get you or like one right. of you. I'm just like, no, that's not it. Um yeah. thanks for playing though. So that was and he's trying fine. And he's trying to in that moment take credit for her yeah. or what she's become. I mean, it is so brilliant. It's so smart what they've done with this movie that at that moment he is we are all seeing what 
Carol Danvers and Vers and women all over the world are like as these men are taking taking credit for this thing that that she has done on her own and she's just has had enough and I found it so satisfying. Yes. I agree. Did the other could you feel were the other people in the audience having a good time? How is my crowd was we there was applause as, as the movie ended. Nice. So uh, you know, I'm, I, I, it felt like, it felt like it was, what about yours? What about your crowd? Were they into it? It was the earliest matinee of a day. Um, so there weren't that- it's one of my favorite times to go to the movies. I love it. I love it. Um, so there weren't that many people. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I was kind of set up to be snarky as is my fallback. <laughs> You're button. kidding me. I know, but the people behind me, were so loud before the movie started. Oh, but 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 that's their time, right? There's nothing else going yeah, on. Okay, but it's also just like <laughs> I don't I don't need to know this much about your business, and like I already yeah. don't agree with you on everything you're saying. Um, <laughs> right. But so they were had been so loud at the beginning that I was kind of set up not to like them. But then there were like gasps and things at the right moments toward the oh, end. Oh, cool. So cool. Like, they 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 sort of won me back. I still didn't want to be friends, but like they sort of won me back. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't get the stink eye after the movie. No, but yeah. I was ready. Like if they, yeah, I was prepared to turn around and just like, and it's it's a small town, so like it's not a good idea. But um, just because you don't know, you know, likely this is someone you'll run into again. Um, but yeah. they themselves. So again, if you're a fan, um. Thanks for behaving yourself in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I found in my research before when I was looking for um, synopses, I found a couple other things um, that if I could just share one of them with you really quickly, there's a um, interview that Brie Larson was giving about the movie and it gets at two things. One that you mentioned and one that I sort of want to talk about, which is her relationship with, um, with Maria Rambeau, um, her, her friend, her, her, you know, like the other pilot that's in this movie. And you would, you were talking about them coming through the um, military together. And, and there's something about those scenes to me, I, I be, there was parts of the, those moments where I was wondering if in the history of the Marvel comics, they had ever been. And, and so, so let me, let me run through my whole thought process. I was like, Oh, is this like, this feels like such a deep and intimate connection. I wonder if there's something more than just hmm. platonic love between these two. And I think you can read the movie in interesting ways about that, but I think that that is missing that's like over missing the point, right? That's like yeah. saying, well, since these two people are so intimately connected, they have to have some kind of sexual history, right. which is, which is like completely unfair and, you know, like misses the point of the whole thing. Um, but, but, it, but, but what was shock, what I think what that illuminated for me was that I am unused to seeing this kind of like this level of intimacy mm-hmm. between really kind of anybody on screen. Like I love friendships that get that deep yeah. and, and it's, we see it so rarely that I think, you know, our, our, my story brain tries to code it as something else. Um, but I just re- want to read one thing that, that um, Brie Larson said about that. Um, that also then touches on exactly what you were saying. Like she's, she's sort of reiterating that she says, uh, she's talking about these two characters. She said, whatever they've gone through together, going through the military training together, being the only women and using each other to lean on each other and using that as a support 
using that support as a recognition of her experience is really special. Of course, I think they'd be friends outside of that, but that really tight knit bond is family. This is the love of the movie. This is love found again. This is the person to go to the ends of the earth to fight, to defend. And to me, it's so natural. I went to the, went and saw the movie and an hour later, they were like, Maria is the love. It's not something that we've been made a big deal about, but it feels so natural. That love is so strong. The movie shifts when she's on screen because there's a level of power she commands. Yeah. And I really felt that I, and I get a little misty thinking about it now. Like there's something, I think they captured something really special. The Lashana Lynch, I think is so good. And like, like this is a level a level of buying into a character who's not one of the superheroes that we don't see a lot or there is not an opportunity for a lot of that kind of earnestness mm-hmm. among other characters and she is just I'm feeling everything is she feels like a real person who this person has shown back up in her life and and what that all the sort of conflicting emotions that that happen there and that and that love. I just I love I love the two of them together. What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree. I'm certainly not going to disagree with you. Um, I guess I. It's funny because it's a little bit the opposite of Ocean's Eight where I was putting a romantic layer over the Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, mm-hmm. um, that seemed to be a, not something that you had read in that at the time. I like that reading though. Okay. Thank you. I did too. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't, I, I didn't have that inclination, but I did. I absolutely hundred percent agree with you with that. The intensity of their bond yeah. And, and I, I appreciate you bringing up the point of it with someone outside of the supers, because yes, you know, we know what has, what brought, Oh gosh, who is it? I don't even care anymore. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Black Widow. No, what is Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Black Widow, Black Widow yeah. and Hulk together has a lot to do with their backstory, but also their, what they're dealing with as heroes and all that. Like this is the same as that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's when they were both humans. Right. (laughs) And, and and you can see those, those intense relationships in the supers and extrapolate that to what it would be like, you know, or, or which one of your friends is, which, you know, Buzzfeed tells us every day, which one of our friends (laughs) is a superhero. But, um, But to see that expressed, in the context of, of two, you know, kick-ass military ladies is, um, is awesome. And yeah, you would, I mean, in those circumstances, you just, yeah, you have, you have to, end. you will end up that close. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Right. And then, then, you know, we don't know. I I don't remember. I don't feel like we know anything about um, Carol's family, family of origin, really not much. And no, so no. this, this is the family that, that she had and that she not purposefully, but did, you know, abandoned. Right. Um, that, yeah, there's just a lot and, and a lot of trust that has to be gained back and, mm-hmm. um, a lot to go through when, when she shows up again and, the, and, and where they end up, I think is, is really, is really special too. So, yeah. Yeah. No complaints. <laughs> which also I don't say very often no you don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> um hey Tobe do you want to play a game 
Yes, but only if we can have a special guest with us. Who's our special guest? We have an amazing special guest with us, a very generous special guest with us. We have one of our our, our sort of favorite uh, Patreon members, Sean Flynn, is with us for the game today. Hi, Sean. Hi. Hello and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm happy to be joining you. And this is part of the um, the, the benefit package <laughs> that you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I was uh, signing up for so much, but uh, I'm happy to help. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been good so far. <laughs> and also, in all seriousness, we do really appreciate all of our Patreon members and they make the show possible. You in particular, Sean. So thank you. Oh, no problem. So before we start the true body of the game, which I have crafted over several minutes um, yesterday and today, uh, I have a Captain Marvel specific question. This is our warm up round. No points will be awarded. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. Ready. Um, so uh, hopefully those who are listening have, have seen Captain Marvel. I don't want a, a spoilery anything, but um, there is a, a very special pet in Captain Marvel. Right. Goose the mm-hmm. cat. Mm-hmm. Or is it a cat? Um, so. My question to the two of you who are dedicated listeners of the podcast is what would Goose the Cat turn into if he were in another one of the movies we've covered? So what would Goose be in A Wrinkle in Time or in The Contender or in Aliens (laughs) or in She's the Man? (laughs) Well, it's really too bad that there wasn't in Aliens because, of course, of the a- of the cat in Alien, uh, which uh, it, it had no special powers, was just a cat. Uh, but would have been cool if there was a cat that at, at maybe even had these same powers and like like you know the tentacles came out and it ate the alien. That would have been awesome. Or maybe it did, and that just got thrown on the cutting room floor. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. True. Uh, I so mean, wait, does it still honestly, have to be a pet? I, I, well, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, I'm thinking oh. if the dog in in Babadook had these powers, he would have gotten along a lot better. I think. Oh, for sure. I see. I thought you were saying if we put this cat into one of the things, what would it turn into? But you mean like any animal in any of the things that we've watched? What? Yeah, could it- I think I think we should be animal wide, just because I don't. I don't particularly remember cats, so hmm. I think it's right. a dog it has to be an animal. <laughs> what you tell me what you're thinking, <laughs> and I will congratulate you on your creativity. Because uh, I think, oh, what was his name? The little kid in League of Their Own would be, <laughs> would be great. <laughs> yes. Still, still well. well, still well, darling. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he would be a great yeah. alien. I think that's a yeah. great answer. Excellent. Okay, I'm gonna change mine then because if we can do if if we're following this logic, then I think that um, Sam Elliott's Kermit in The Contender would turn into an actual frog. <laughs> or okay, Sam Elliott's mustache. <laughs> well, oh, he, he didn't, didn't have, have a mustache it. in the movie. You see? I, I, yeah, I still haven't yeah. watched uh, The Contender. So yeah. 
off my podcast. <laughs> just kidding. No, no, we're totally kidding. Please keep enjoying. Kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> well, excellent. I think between um, Stillwell, Sam Elliott, and the dog from Babadook, we've certainly enhanced some of the content. <laughs> I don't know what that was uh, from our previous endeavors. All right, that was a great okay. warm up. No, no points were awarded. No, no. <laughs> No points were warranted. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we didn't really uh, uh, play to the nature of the You did a great job. Okay. You okay. did a great Thank job. You. Okay. Our game today has two rounds and multiple points can be uh, achieved in each round. I will be the points keeper, so don't worry about that. Round number one is all about the order of things. I will give you three events. I will ask each of you to put them in chronological order. Mm. And I will award points as necessary. I chose three events so that you didn't all just pick the opposite of what the other person picked. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. We could do it call in style, but I feel like, I feel like three gives you enough. So um, I would encourage you if you, if you are a visual person to have a little um, notepad or something, because I'm going to give you three events per round. Scratch paper is encouraged. Googling is prohibited. Okay. (laughs) Let's have a fair game here. Although fair game is not on the list. Okay. Here are your first three events. Please put these in chronological order. Event A. A little movie called Jurassic Park was released in theaters. Event B. The president at the time signs the Americans with Disabilities Act, banning discrimination based on disability um, and demanding public accommodations, uh, employment and transportation options. And event C, Tim Berns-Lee distributes files that explain his idea for a World Wide Web. What was the last one? In what order did those three occur? Wow. Okay. I'm just writing this down here. Okay. Wow. Uh, Sean, do you want to go first? Ooh. Well, I know which year Jurassic Park came out because it is my favorite movie. Um. Yay! I'm, You're welcome back to <laughs> the podcast. You. Thank you. Uh, I want to say it was C A B. Okay, I'm going to go C B A. Uh, the the World Wide Web paper, American Disabilities Act, and the um, Jurassic Park release. Yeah. All right. Um, just for listeners, there was a, a five minute delay in there where Sean and Tobin just talked about Laura Dern. For, oh, yeah. Yeah. For several minutes. And that was only to say, OK, let's talk about her again later off mic because there's more to say than <laughs> yes, just five minutes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. In actuality, the answer was BCA. The ADA was signed in 1990. Uh, Tim Burns-Lee told us about the World Wide Web in 1991, followed by Jurassic Park in 1993. What? Wow. Wow. So this is all 90s, like the like the movie. Oh, yeah. Sorry. This is all 90s, like the movie. <laughs> See, there is a This isn't just a history quiz. This no, is like, I thought that 
that was clear. The I'm Magna sorry. Carta was signed. <laughs> I, I was wondering how far we were going to go back because if it was like a full encompassing Marvel thing, like I I don't know that much about World War II yet. So, uh... <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm with you now. I'm with you now. I, I do know it. a lot about okay. Norse mythology so, now, though. <laughs> so here's how I'm scoring it. Uh, Tobin had a letter in the right place. Okay. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So he gets a point for that. And Sean had two that followed the pattern, but were not in the right place. So Sean gets half a point for that. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> sure. For round two. <laughs> yes. I got to put my ABC in there. Okay. Please put these things in order. Nancy Kerrigan suffers a physical assault while leaving a practice rink. This A. Okay. B. The Counting Crows have a hit song in Mr. Jones, which lead singer Adam Durrett still claims is not about his penis. <laughs> and C. A federal building in Oklahoma City was bombed, killing more than 150 people. Period. Well, that kind of took a dark turn there at the end. Yeah, you jumped straight from it started pretty dark song to uh, bombing. It's a tragedy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 I think I. I think I have it. I think I have it. Okay. I think this one is C A B. The Oklahoma City bombing, then Nancy Kerrigan, and then Mr. Jones. Sean. I think he's right, but I have to go separate because I played a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go ACB. Kerrigan bombing yeah. Jones. I don't feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The answer is BAC. Uh, Mr. Jones, I have clocked in at 1993. Nancy Kerrigan, January of 1994. Oklahoma City, April of 1994. Okay, wow. Tricky, tricky with any year question there, but what, you know, 94 was a turbulent year. So with that in mind, once again, Tobin gets one point. And... And Sean gets half a point. I'll take it. <laughs> I like the way this is going. Okay. This is the final question of put these things in order. Okay. Okay. Option A. Iceland saw Goodwill hunting in the theaters nine times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Option B. 39 members of the Heaven's Gate organization committed suicide. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> And C, Tickle Me Elmo took over the world. <laughs> and can you relate these three things? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, I went first last time, so I think yeah, 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 our guest should go first this Nine time. Nine times? Did I hear you say that right? Now, yes. Now think about that, yeah. maybe. It might take a minute to... See something nine times. Wait, I don't, is that a clue? Yeah. Or you just want us to think about watching that nine <laughs> times? I saw Jurassic Park nine times in the theater. Right. Yes. Okay. So, no, it's, <laughs> right, it, that's it is we're getting. a clue or... 
I mean, it just it 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 is the only of our answers that has a, a time span right. involved. Um, however, there's nothing in the middle of it. The time the time it took me to see that nine times, there's n- nothing else that I've listed that would get oh, in the okay. way of that. Okay. All right. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, that is a clue. Okay. Okay. That is a clue. Oh. Yeah. 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 I think. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I don't get the wrong. clue. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with C. No, no, no. That's a trick. No. I wrote it. I wrote it down already. <laughs> well, if it's written down, it's written in stone. Um, yeah. I'm going to go CBA then. Okay. I'm So that's Tickle Me Elmo, Heaven's Gate, Suicide, and Goodwill Hunting nine times. I'm going to yep. say BCA, the Suicide, Tickle Me Elmo, and Goodwill Hunting nine times. Sean comes out of that with three points. Whoa. Tickle Me Elmo, I have attributed to 1996, although it was, you know, sold widely for years there. Um, Heaven's Gate is January 1997. And then Good Will Hunting came out December of 97. And I saw it well into 98. <laughs> wow. Be- because it came out in December. Right. And right. then that was right when we got a discount theater. So it was then that spring break that I saw it a bunch of times. Wow. That was that clue. So I'm sorry, Tobin. No points awarded to you. Wait, no, you get one point because you had you had the Goodwill Hunting last. Um, and Sean gets three points. Wow. Making it a total of four to three Woo. going into the next round. The next Boy. round, the rules are completely different. Are you ready? <laughs> we, have to, we have to put these things out of order. <laughs> that would okay. be awesome. No, but um, this is a uh, speaking of Tickle Me Elmo. That's my segue. I have uh, three questions about the price of 90s toys. We're going <laughs> price is right, style. And as the point leader, Sean gets to go first um, in the first question. So uh, please guess the number of American dollars without going over. What did Tickle Me Elmo cost in 1996? Oh, I'm going to say $24.99, Bob. Okay, Tobin? I'm going to say $27. I knew it. (laughs) Tobin snuck in there and stole it right out front of you. It was (laughs) $28.99. Great guesses, both of you. (laughs) So, um, Tobin, you are uh, won that point, so you will go first next. Okay, okay. How much did a Tamagotchi, name brand, not knockoff, Mm. cost in 1997? $18. Okay. Sean? $19. I'm sorry, no points can be awarded there. As the retail price I have listed is $17.99. Ouch. But great guesses, both of you. Oh, ouch. All right. The score is tied. I have one more question. If if you both beef it again, I do have (laughs) a final a final question as well. Um in the, in the case of a tie. 
my last uh who went first last, that time i guess it is my turn okay okay uh how much did a furby cost in 1998 now that was the that was the thing that kind of jumped around and was really furry and it looked like a cross between a gerbil and a and a chicken right <laughs> yeah it looked to me like a pre-gremlin okay, okay like a mogwai thank you a mogwai <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah. what that word was but but yes it sat on a shelf it was i think um listed as the first interactive it would respond to you right it was it was alexa before there was alexa oh shit now i turned alexa on <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Go back to sleep. And you just ordered a Furby. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm All right. going to say Furby in 1998. Mm-hmm. $31. $1. Oh, that's an excellent guess. However, Coming in at 35. Yes. <laughs> Sean is our winner. Hey. You had to do the one dollar at the some score? point in time. It, it just had, at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. somebody had to do a one dollar. Yeah. With a score of five to four. Now, what I would love, folks, uh, Sean, excellent work. You have won the Thank game. Um, but I would love it if if both of you, in the spirit of of good, clean, fun competition, would um, simultaneously answer the final question which was please do your best dial up internet impression <laughs> okay okay do you want to count can you same. count us down i will three two one dial up <laughs> nice work Thank that you is audio much. gold <laughs> i hope everyone enjoyed that i hope everyone played along um if i was wrong tell the internet they're the ones who gave me the information <laughs> thank you internet <laughs> yeah you internet thank you so much sean that was so much fun well thank you this is uh this has been great and uh i enjoy hearing this um, when it comes out, and uh, I'm I'm glad to be supporting you guys. You uh, make me happy every time I listen to the show. Aww. So I I kind of save up some episodes for bad days, and uh, <sighs> and uh, yeah, yeah. And you say very nice things about me sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you give us enough you money. You say very embarrassing nice things <laughs> about me sometimes too. Though, That's true too. At yes. least at least once it was non-identifying information. You're right. just That's true. Nobody knows that I cried during Whip It. Oh no! <laughs> you outed yourself. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you so much. Oh yeah. Anytime. I would love to come back. Yay. We'll make that happen. Keep keep paying and we'll bring you back. (laughs) (laughs) This is a pay to play. uh... Exactly. Exactly. I love it. All right. Wasn't that a fun game? That was a great game, (laughs) Islan. Now is the time where we subvert expectations. (laughs) Wait. Um, Now's the time where we give our closing thoughts. Is this film progressive or regressive? Is this a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? Hey, Tobin, what did you think? 
I think this movie is progressive. I am, I think it shows that there are women at all, sort of all levels of the production in this movie. And I think that it serves them all well. I don't know about you. I agree. I, uh, I would refer you back to everything we've said in the hour preceding. <laughs> See <time>. above. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I look forward to seeing it again. And, um, I look at this, this character, will make me see the next Marvel film. Mm. And I haven't mm. seen the last three or four. Yeah, I, this, this has made me this and seeing her in the ad that recently came out of her in the, like t- talking to the Avengers or whatever that has me excited. Like I, I was dragging my heels and now I'm, I've got some excitement to go see the next one. Yep. So well fun. said. Tobin, what are we going to watch next? Speaking of next, uh, our next movie is going to be, obvious child uh and uh, we're gonna uh have that episode for you in two weeks on april 30th so if you have not seen it do yourself a favor get thee to a streaming service and uh, folks it's a shorty (laughs) and uh and yeah check out obvious child and we'll and we'll talk about that at the end of the month Aislinn, uh, where can people find you online and how is your show going oh my goodness uh people can find me online at sassy nerd mt if you, yeah. And yeah. that's the best way to find me for both um, complaining about <laughs> anything I've said here today um, or to um, connect with my other show. My other show it, on the Cage Club Network is called Why Aren't We All? It is a short series where I have short conversations with folks who have a belief, a lifestyle, a practice that um, helps them get through the day. And we we find out about it, and then we imagine a world uh, in which everyone uh, did what they do and, <laughs> and see what that might look like. Uh, there are two episodes up currently. It's a once-a-month situation for um, this season. And the first episode is uh, Why Aren't We All Vegan, which is a lot of fun. And yes, yes. the second episode is Why Aren't We All Playing Bridge? <laughs> which is also a lot of fun but in a very different way did you know that we're doing a vaguely vegan thing at our household i knew that there was something vegany about uh since new year's yeah, uh, yeah. I, um yes so sorry in conclusion uh yes <laughs> but i don't know the specifics of your practice we don't need to talk about it now necessarily, but um, I am. I found it uh, interesting that we were in the middle of this listening to that conversation, and I urge everybody to go listen to your show because it is so good. It's and we're gonna. We're. Do we need to tease the? Um, sure. Um, so this, uh, I have some exciting guests coming up. However, this month is is real rough for me in that I am traveling a ton, and so to in order to stay on my schedule. Um, with our with our to keep our producers happy this month or this month meaning for may the episode of why aren't we all is going to be about me (laughs) (laughs) so we're going to switch it around host will become guest and toban will ask me um to share what it is that helps me get through the day and and what a world would look like if we all practice what we preach. <laughs> and I cannot wait. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. It's, it's, it's going to be very different than either vegan or playing bridge. Or, or bridge. <laughs> um, hey, Tobin, where can folks find you? 
People can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington, and you can find us on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. Special thanks to our members who've joined at the marquee level or above, Sean Flynn. Yay. And Jeff Addington. Yay. Uh, yay. Uh, Become a member today, connect with other listeners, and support our show. We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at cageclubpod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Aislinn Addington. I'm Tobin Addington, and we'll see you next time on The Contenders. So in real quick, the lead yeah. singer of Counting Crows is Adam Duritz, right? That's right. Okay, great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I watched Captain Marvel last night, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh god you're gonna be so disappointed you're a okay. lot more fresh this has than nothing that. to do with captain marvel does it <laughs> no <Nope. laughs> very cool <laughs>